We've been talking about, about children and their impact in our lives. Children are often the embodiment of hopes and dreams. When they are born, we enjoy thinking about all that God might do through them. The possibilities are endless. The book of Genesis focuses on the coming child, from the seed of the woman who will crush the head of the serpent, to the seed of Abraham to whom the promises are given, to the line of Jesse. The book follows the godly line, looking for the one to come who will restore peace to a broken world. This Advent season, we are studying the Genesis of Jesus. Each week, we will consider children of the Bible and their place in God's plan. Today, we will be looking at Genesis 3.15 and its place in this story. To understand this verse in context, I will be reading Genesis 3.1-19, where we see Moses describe the fall of man. Listen and see where this passage fits in God's plan for redemption and specifically the birth and work of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Please pray with me as we prepare to read God's Word and hear it preached. Holy Father, we thank You for this day, this opportunity to come and study Your Word. Open our hearts and minds as we hear Your Word read, as Your Scripture is taught and preached. Speak through me. Work in front of me and let me serve you as the, the speaker today. But Lord, you are speaking to our hearts and our minds and you are the one who controls all these things, gives us our faith and allows us to understand it through your mercy and grace. Let everything we say and read and do in this place give you honor and glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Genesis 3, 1 through 19. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord, called, Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, 
but he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree, of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. On the back of your bulletin there's an outline for taking notes if you're interested in doing that. Uh, again, the, the sermon topic, the child who brings victory. The first section, who is this child, is the first half of verse 15 from Genesis 3. And what will this child do is the second half of that verse. So who is this child? After reading the passage from Genesis, you might be wondering how this story describes a child who brings victory. The serpent could have been thinking the same thing when he faced God after tempting Adam and Eve to disobey God's command. The crafty servant, serpent challenged God's authority and convinced even Adam that they could eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and not deal with any consequences. He was so wrong. The course of mankind changed with the fall. But God had a plan to deal with this in response to the serpent in Genesis 3, 14 through 15. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock, and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. God cursed the serpent in response to his role in the fall. This curse, however, includes a promise to win the war against Satan and restore the brokenness caused by this disobedience. Let me read verse 15 again. We'll focus on that in the rest of the sermon today. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Enmity. What does this mean? Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines enmity as positive, active, and typically mutual hatred or ill will. This is a big change from the previous relationship Eve had with the serpent. The serpent and Eve will be enemies. God also put hostility between the offspring of the serpent and the offspring of the woman. This helps us to understand better much of what happens in the rest of the Bible and throughout human history. Verse 15 is known as the Proto-Evangelium, the first gospel. It proclaims that God's people will finally triumph over the serpent. However, we cannot end this war if we are left to our own devices. The offspring or child of the woman gives hope for this broken world. So who is this child? Several promises come to us from Old Testament scriptures that help us to see who God is sending. From Genesis 22:15 through 18. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and not held your son, your only son, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. From 2 Samuel 7, 8-17. Now therefore you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, that you should be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you for whenever you are, and have cut off all your enemies from before you. 
and I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, so that they may dwell in their own places, and be disturbed no more. And violent men shall afflict them no more, as formerly from the time I appointed judges over my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you lay down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, and you shall come from your own body. Who shall come from your own body? And I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men, with the stripes of the sons of men. But my steadfast love will not depart from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. In accordance with all these words, and in accordance with this vision, Nathan spoke to David. And from Isaiah 9, The people who walked in great darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with harvest at the, with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult, and every garment rolled in blood, will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there shall be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. From these passages, we see that the child of the woman that will bruise the head of the serpent will be an offspring of Abraham and of David, as foretold by Isaiah. He will rule the world forever. We know these passages are speaking of someone greater than Solomon from history and from later prophecy. This makes the first verse of Matthew that we heard earlier so convicting. The book of genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Jesus is the offspring of the woman. Do you trust God's plan for your life? Do you see Him using ordinary means to change you and show you His plan? Trust that He is sovereign over all things, including your life, as you believe in His plan, His promises, His provision, and His power, as shown in His Word. So what will this child do? The offspring of the woman, Jesus, will bruise the head of the serpent. So what does that mean? Let's look at a few New Testament scriptures to understand this promise. From Romans 16.20, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. From Hebrews 2.14-15, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who fear, through, who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. And from a portion of John, 1 John 3, 8, the reason the Son appeared 
was to destroy the works of the devil. From Revelation 12, 7 through 12. Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they love not their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that, in his, that his time is short. And then from Revelation 20, first three verses and then verse 10. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain. And he seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years, and threw him into the pit, and shut it, and sealed it over him, so that he might not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were ended. And after that he must be released for a little while. And the devil, who had deceived them, was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. We see from these New Testament scriptures that Jesus and his angels go to war with Satan and his forces in the days of Jesus' return. However, Jesus has already defeated Satan in his work on the cross. Isaiah 53 foretells this to us. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their face, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was a chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, and we have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, like a sheep that was before its shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation who considered that he was cut off from the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He, had, he has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he sees his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, 
because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Jesus' life was marked by humility and humiliation. As he moved from the manger in Bethlehem to a common life in Nazareth to his death on the cross. Yet this humiliation led to glory in his resurrection and ascension. God the Father, because Jesus had been faithful to his mission, exalted Jesus and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, Savior, Christ, Lord. Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins? Have you asked Jesus to forgive your sins? Have you placed your faith in him as the Lord of your life? If so, then Jesus has paid the price for your sins. Your relationship with God has been restored. We have a great God who sent his son to die for our sins. We should shout it from the mountaintops and from the plains. Matthew Henry comments that Jesus saves his people from the guilt of sin by the merit of his death, from the dominion of sin by the spirit of his grace. In saving them with sin from sin, he saves them from wrath and the curse and all misery here and hereafter. Jesus brings victory over death and sin, and we then can live with him eternally. Let us join the multitude of angels. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. He came on that day to that city as the Savior, Messiah, and King, according to God's perfect plan. May God fill you with his presence and give you peace as we celebrate the birth of Jesus and proclaim it to the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have a perfect plan and that you were prepared for the fall in the garden as Adam and Eve faced temptation and failed to follow your plan and authority, yet you already had a sovereign plan prepared for redemption and for restoration. We thank you that we can celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ and yet know that this is just the beginning of his walk, of his ministry here, the way he lives, the way we can, can learn from his time here, but yet we still in your grace are able to, to rely on him taking the, the penalty and the, paying the price for our sins. We ask that you Open our hearts and minds to that reality and to live that each and every day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.